Dad. Ah! Oh! Oh, Tammy. Oh, Tammy. You're going to make so many friends today, girl. Because you're so pretty. Right? <laughs> Tell she's pretty. Oh, yeah. So pretty. You came down here, and for a second, I thought I was looking at your mom. Uh, Tammy, maybe after school today you want to rent a movie? I guess that'd be pretty cool. Hello everyone, welcome back to Debating for America's Youth. Today we have a very special guest. It is Evan Iglarsh. He was the, uh, the national champion in humorous interpretation in the 2017 uh, national NSDA national event. Welcome, Evan. Thank you so much for having me, Nathan. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so before we start, I'd just like to say that your piece was absolutely hilarious. I've, I've watched it a ton um, on YouTube, obviously, and it's hilarious. You're a great performer. How did you first get started in speech and debate? How did you hear about it, and what made you really want to start doing speech and debate? Yeah, so um, my dad was actually the state champion in extent when he was in high school. Mm -hmm. So from a very young age, um, he had taught, taught me about speech and debate, told me about it, so I knew that... Uh, the second that I uh, that I went into middle school, because my school offers middle school speech and debate, mm -hmm. that I'd be on that team competing as best as I could. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So since your dad did, ended up doing extemp, why did you choose to go into HI? What made you d go down that route? That is a great question. Um, naturally, I'm just more of a performer. Mm -hmm. um, so events like HI, DI, interp events were right down my alley. I knew I could uh, do those and have a lot of fun and have success in those events. Um, I did do it STEM, uh, at one local tournament, uh, which was a lot of fun. Did not do as well as I usually, it, it did not do as well as I do in HI, mm -hmm. but um, it was a lot of fun. I did that only in one tournament. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that brings me to one of the questions that I've been wondering. So I've watched some of your YouTube videos, I've watched your TikTok videos, and I've obviously watched your uh, national performance video, and you're very, like, um, you're very vibrant, you can do lots of characters, and it's very entertaining to watch. But m that was when I was wondering about, like, mate, mate, like, HI people. Are you, like, do you always crack jokes and you're always, like, a performer like that? Or do you turn it on when you're, like, performing, like, you know, for the camera or for groups of people? Well, no one can be, you know, at a 10 all the time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, crazy and always cracking jokes. Uh, I, I am sort of a class clown making jokes, you know, very often. All mm -hmm. my friends and the people who know me know me as someone who's always funny and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but when I'm at a tournament doing HI, I definitely, you know, amp it up. The, mm -hmm. the way to be successful in HI uh, is a lot of it is about just energy. And mm -hmm. I believe that, um, you know, that's, that's, what I've, that's what I focus on. That's what I practice on. And then when you're able to go into a round and bring a lot of energy, the success comes with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's something that like definitely you have in your piece. A lot of energy. Um, I, I, what? Um, how do you practice for doing HI or practice your piece? And how do you practice like switching between characters and being like that vibrant off season when you don't necessarily have a piece you're going to use? Totally, that's a great question. I don't usually do a ton of practice in the off season. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's mostly about finding a piece getting the characters down, and then the memorization and putting it together is the fun, enjoyable part. The mm -hmm. hardest part, I would say 100% in, in all of HI, is finding a piece that you can, um, that you love, that mm -hmm. you know you could perform and do well with. Um, the rest of it is just, it's natural. That's what I do. I'm a, I'm a natural performer. So mm -hmm. for me to put together a piece and use my creativity to make 
uh, make things funnier, make jokes. That's the enjoyable, fun part for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did how did you end up finding the piece that you used at uh, at nationals? Great question. I went to a speech and debate camp called um, CBI right here in Florida, mm -hmm. and I went and I found the piece and I fell in love with it. I was reading it like dying of laughter, mm -hmm. and someone came up to me and said, "Oh no, you can't do that." Someone did that piece and got second at nationals a few years back. So I immediately said, oh, that sucks. It's off limits, I guess. And I forget who, but someone looked at me and said, listen, if you haven't seen the woman who, the, the woman who did Tammy a couple years back, mm. then you can cut it your own way. You can uh, put your own twists on it and stuff, and it could be completely original. Mm -hmm. So they pushed me to do it. And I'm so happy that I kept with it because obviously I had so much fun doing it throughout the entire year and it served me well in the end. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have any trouble using a piece that someone else had used at Nationals before? No, in fact, I felt, I felt great every time someone would come up to me and say, oh my gosh, that was nothing like you know, the Nationals performance of Tammy. Even though, of course, there's naturally going to be similarities. You know, mm -hmm. I believe she did the, I still haven't seen hers. By the way, I, I never watched it fully through, I don't believe, but I'm pretty sure she does the, the two talents thing and stuff. But I've heard from many people that for the most part, our performances are, you know, very different, which mm -hmm. made me feel great, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that, that's very true. Um, what other events have you done in Speech and Bay? You talked about you've done Extemp for one local tournament. Have you done any other ones, or have you stuck mostly to HI? Yeah. Um, this past year I did DI. Mm -hmm. um, which was so much fun. I love the eye. Uh, I've done uh, OI many times. Mm -hmm. OI used to be my kind of secondary event. Um, but yeah, all interp really. I I could you know put something together. They're all once you're you know a performer is a performer. No no event is that different from another. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Um, what would you say your favorite part of speech and debate is? My favorite part of speech and debate is my favorite part of speech and debate is being able to show up to tournaments and see people mm -hmm. and hang out with them. Most people would probably say that their favorite part is being able to perform a piece. Mm -hmm. And probably when I began speech and debate in my first few years, it was you know I, I'm going to get to go and perform, which mm -hmm. is obviously a huge part of it and one of the reasons I love it. But if you're asking me now, really, what do you enjoy most about the tournaments and speech and debate? It's being able to show up and see people who live far from me, who I rarely get to see. That's such a thrill for me. I, I love that part about speech and debate. Of mm -hmm. course, I love performing. But to see people who, who I don't get to see often is, is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. When I went to NSDA Nationals and CFL Nationals, actually I went for the first time like this last year, and I ended up meeting people from all over the United States, and it was so cool because I got to like, you know, shake hands, like, you know, do compete against people from all across the United States. And I thought that was a really cool experience. And that one that I've, you know, I think that is very, you know, unique to speech and debate and one that I very enjoy. So that, that's something that I totally agree with. They taught us at speech and debate camp that no one's going to remember the specific individual rewards that mm -hmm. you want, right? I don't even remember some of, you know, a couple years ago if I got, you know, who got fourth, who got fifth. No one remembers that stuff. What people remember is what type of relationship that you had with them, mm -hmm. what type of impression you made on them. That's the stuff that people will remember for the rest of your life. So speech and debate, the performance aspect of speech and debate, 
I believe is only a small kind of like, um, it's like a sort of a small insignificant part. Mm -hmm. the, the significant part is the community and people coming together. That's, that's the most important part of speech and debate. Yeah. Um, so you talked about how you're very like energetic and you're very vibrant on stage. What other like things have you done or like reasons why you think you're so successful in speech and debate all across the board? Yeah, so totally. Um, I've been performing from a young age on stage, acting, singing, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, videos. Some people are, you know, mellow and quiet and a little bit shy. Naturally, I have two parents who are just like me. They're both, you know, very, they're both people, they're both people, people's persons. <laughs> people, and they're yeah. Both, yeah, they're both a lot like me in that in that manner. So I think it's just naturally that's the way that I am. And speech and debate was, you know, it was perfect for me in that in that manner that I could hop onto something that I naturally just, you know, could do and, and be good at. Mm -hmm. So speaking of uh, your being a natural performer, when you got on that national stage in front of all those people in your sophomore year, were you nervous at all to perform in front of all those people with the lights and the microphone and all that stuff, or did you did it just come naturally? So what happens is if you ask um, other people who performed on the stage, you would expect them to say, you know, I was freaking out, you know? Mm -hmm. I was not at all. This is, Tammy was a piece that I had performed over a hundred times probably. Mm -hmm in that year. By the time I made it to the stage, I was just so thrilled to be able to share my piece with that many people. There wasn't a, a bit of, of nerve in me at all. I was just so fired up and excited to be able to perform it. Um, yeah, there was, I was really, I wasn't really, I don't remember being nervous at all. Mm -hmm. So for a speech and debate member who maybe has, like, is nervous about a competition or getting up and speaking in front of people, what would you, like, say or recommend for that person to kind of help them get over that? Here. HI specifically, I, I mentor a bunch of kids from my school in, mm -hmm. in HI and I help them out. What I say to them is a lot of times they're nervous to go full on or, or you know, go all out with a joke uh, because naturally humans are afraid of, you know, of people judging them or, or them looking weird to a specific group. No one really cares at all the way you look. Everyone mm -hmm. is just thinking about the way that they look. So as soon as you're able to get out there and forget about all of your fears of uh, the way you're going to be perceived by people. Mm -hmm. That's when you're going to flourish. That's when you're going to step up uh, in front of a room full of people and go crazy and perform your heart out and get positive results. That's Those are the kids who, who win tournaments and do well and enter are the kids who are able to just let go of fear. You know, and it's, it's a hard thing to do, you know, to just completely not, not, not be nervous at all to perform in front of a, a large group because that's naturally a fear of many, mm -hmm. but as soon as you're able to forget about the nerves and the fear, you'll succeed. Hmm. That makes sense. So you talked about how like you mentor like people in HI who are younger than you in your school. Like, what? How do you help uh, new novices, and what would you say to a new novice who just got into speech and debate, or maybe has been only doing it for a short time? So, if you've only been in speech and debate for a short amount of time, and you'd like to do HI, DI, inter events, mm -hmm. I wouldn't focus too much about the piece. I would just focus on um, getting the basics down, the mechanics of what an HI is, you know, 10 minutes, um, different characters that are completely different so that the audience can tell the switch between characters. And like I said earlier, just, 
you know, forget about the way the way you, you look in front of people, right? Everyone who does HI and who does who does good at HI, everyone who's you know great at HI mm -hmm. um, couldn't couldn't care at all about the way that they look. You know, everyone is ridiculous in HI. So as soon as you're able to, you know, stand up and, and perform and act crazy, I you know, I would I would try and help uh, someone who's new to speech and debate do that and accomplish that. Um, when I'm working with novices, we work on developing a piece and characterization, blocking, stuff like that, that you can only get better at, you only improve on uh, as you go through high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, wait, so going to small sem semantics about your piece. So when you were doing your performance, um, and then you ended up like having like the girl came in who just got attacked by Tammy, and she, you had like like did you practice the eye movement to get it down? Because you were able to switch, and it was actually very good. Uh, here's what people do in HI. That people um, people have been doing it for a while. Naturally, there are weird things that they, that every person can do, like a weird talent. Like I can like. Um, move like make it so that like one eye can look straight forward and one eye can look in the middle or I can like do the weird eye thing that I did on stage and naturally that's something that I've been able to do you know my whole life and it's about being able to look at a piece and saying this is a weird thing I can do where can I fit this in because mm -hmm. uh, it's you know it's funny and right so I, I found that perfect opportunity and I'm like why not if it's a weird thing that I can do if it's a weird face that I can make why not throw it in and, and enhance the piece mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah yeah, that well, that was very good because when I was watching, I was like, "Dang, that's real!" Like, I I don't know if you like had that like you wanted to be able to do that, so you like practiced and worked towards it because it was really good and it really flowed into the piece. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um. And then I mean, like, what would you say to the speech and debate community? You've uh, you know, had a you know long time in speech and debate, and you've been very successful. What would you say to the community as a whole if you could say something to them? I would probably say, um to try and think a lot less about the outcome mm -hmm. of the individual tournaments and, you know, the wins and the losses and what place you get, because it really, I'm telling you, speech and debate is not about that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, this is the first time that I've really talked about me winning nationals in like a year or two years. In my mind, I've already completely moved on. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost as if like, of course, in the moment, it's a crazy feeling to win a big tournament and stuff, but people forget about tournaments. What people will remember is the impressions that you make on them, and mm -hmm. that's what you have to, you know, that's that's the main the main goal of speech and debate is to form relationships, form connections. So if you could focus yourself, if you could focus more on, you know, going to a tournament and having a lot of fun mm -hmm. and making the most, traveling with your team, and getting along and having fun with your friends on a debate trip, mm -hmm. that's way more impactful than, you know, being able to fly back to whatever state you're from holding a trophy. Yeah, that, that's very great. Yeah, I think that's a lot of times what people going into speech and debate kind of miss. It's not, yeah, they, they'll go in with the, the mindset, I need to win and do the best I possibly can. And then when you only focus on that, winning is important and is good, but you miss out on this whole other side of speech and debate. If you're only focused on getting that trophy or only focused on getting that medal, you it, you forget about, like what you were talking about, the relationships you build with people, uh, the friendships, um, you know, all the experiences of traveling and all that stuff. It kind of just like moves aside. Like I remember... Uh, 
uh, when I went to CFLs. It was a great tournament, obviously, but I remember like the most vivid memory of that whole tournament was I went with my, uh, me and my two friends who qualified at the tournament, and we just went around and walked around uh, Milwaukee. And so that's the part of speech and debate that like, you know, I remember about it. It's not about, oh, what, how I did or blah, blah, blah with my ranking. So I totally agree. It's really that whole part of speech and debate that I think that people focus less on. It will come if you put your time into it. But if you focus on the uh, relationships and the people, speech and debate can be really, you know, impactful and very good for you. Yeah. 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 Well, um, thank you so much for this interview. It's been great talking to you. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Bye, Brendan.